You're listening to Remote Possibilities, a podcast on the intersection of technology, society, and education, brought to you by MarketScale. Now here's your host, Kevin Hogan. Okay, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Remote Possibilities, the podcast that explores the promise and the perils of distance learning. I'm your host, Kevin Hogan, and I'm glad you found us. With me today is Sam Herring, Vice President and General Manager of Intrepid by VitalSource. In 2013, Intrepid Learning pioneered a new professional platform, which is now used by world-leading corporations, training firms, and business schools to solve mission-critical challenges such as leader development, new hire onboarding, sales training, strategic initiatives, and customer education. It was acquired in 2017 by VitalSource, which is the leading platform for institutions, campus stores, publishers, and companies to create and deliver educational and training content. Sam, welcome to Remote Possibilities. Hey, uh, great to great to join you, Kevin. Happy to be here. So just to get started, I wanted to note that there's been a lot of focus, rightly, uh, put on the incredible transformations uh, that are happening uh, in school districts, uh, in uh, colleges and universities, but there have been massive changes happening in the professional learning communities as well. Uh, is that true? And can you kind of give us a little breakdown of what you've experienced over the past few weeks? Yeah, absolutely, Kevin. Uh, we've we have seen a, a pretty incredible uh, change with this uh, tsunami of uh, COVID uh, hitting uh, corporations and, and organizations. And you know, I think um, in the, the initial phase was a bit of a you know, hunker down, uh, wait for the storm to pass, almost a do nothing deer in the headlights phase, <laughs> which lasted for, right. for a couple of weeks. And then uh, we started seeing organizations move pretty quickly into a, you know, lift and shift model of if they had classroom training, uh, they were looking for ways to adapt that as quickly as possible to virtual classroom formats. And some organizations uh, who were prepared already had uh, programs and infrastructure in place, uh, had design experience with that, had facilitation experience with that, production experience with that, and have done pretty well. Others have we really moved into, um, done this as more of an emergency response um, approach. Um, and uh, so, but that's been the predominant approach that we've seen coming out of it. What I think we'll see going forward is that uh, those emergency responses uh, are going to need some fine tuning, and that it takes more than um, you know one tool in your tool belt uh, to effectively deliver uh, compelling digital learning experiences. So I kind of liken it to, you know, you show up on, on at the job at the construction site, and, and you got a really good hammer. Um, you know, at some point you're going to need to cut some cut some boards, and you're going right. to you're going to need to you're going to need to screw some things in, and and you need you need more than just a hammer, and and uh, Hammer's been great for the last couple of months, but we're going to need more than that. Right. Well, at the same time, I, I, I mean, I would guess that um, you're starting to discover some innovations in some ways that you haven't seen um, your customers use your tools before. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, we're, we're a collaborative uh, learning platform, so we help uh, organizations uh, empower 
cohorts of learners to travel through a digital learning journey over time and do shared work and reflect and, and connect um, and, and apply learning to their to their work. And yeah, I think I think you, you nailed it, Kevin. It, this is this amazing time to be a learning professional. I mean, if we think about it, take a step back. It's probably the best time we'll have in our career because the barriers to innovation, the barriers to the natural resistances to trying new things are completely gone. And, yeah. and people have some grace right now, I think, as well to be able to, you know, uh, uh, try new things. And so um, I liken it to, I was, think, I was thinking about this, um, uh, you think back to the companies that emerged in recessions and depressions in the past, General Motors, mm-hmm. General Motors GE, Disney, and even you know more recently, uh, the Pinterest, the Ubers in 2008, 2009, that there's some amazing creative energy that happens in these times. And I think you know, by extension, um, learning professionals can ha- have, have a real opportunity to do some great new things right now. Yeah, if you pardon the cliche, all bets are off, right? Absolutely, absolutely. No, it's uh, and we're seeing it. You know, we're seeing it happen in in real time. Uh, organizations that um, you know were, were previously kind of siloing classroom training and virtual classroom training are now doing uh, what we like to see as a at the where things we really believe is where things are headed into a digital blend. So in the same right. in the same way, you have blended learning in the classroom where you flip the classroom, you have reinforcement on the back end. You know, we, we may see synchronous learning live online be a, a dominant experience going forward, but you still need to flip it. You still need to provide asynchronous experiences on the front end. You still need to provide, need to provide collaboration and ongoing learning. So we see organizations beginning to really experiment with that, what we, what we call a digital blend. Yeah. Well, now, you recently wrote about uh, an example of uh, an industry, the healthcare industry, um, that is using your technologies right on the front lines of COVID-19. Can you talk a little bit about that? I think it's, it's a pretty dramatic story. Uh, yeah, yeah, thanks, Kevin. So, you know, back uh, March 5, so early on, we, we sat down, uh, and I, I'm here in the Seattle area, and we were uh, affected pretty early by the outbreak. So we, we sat down as a team and thought about what, what could we do to respond, to respond? How could we help? How could we be of service in this moment? And so we, we identified you know, ways that we could help our current customers and, and, and few, you know, potential future customers with um, removing barriers you know, by providing uh, you know, free implementation services and so on. But when it came to really having a direct impact on healthcare, we thought, gosh, you know what, let, let's just put the offer out there that um, if there's a healthcare organization that can use our collaborative learning platform to help um, around COVID education, COVID training, Let's do it. And we, you know, honestly, Kevin, we had no idea what kind of response we get, if we get a response, right? You know, maybe, yeah. maybe we're just shouting into the, into the void, but um, we actually had uh, one of the, one of the world's leading healthcare systems um, reach out to us and say, you know what, we have a need. And it was pretty cool. Um, they had uh, thousands of nurses who were on the sidelines uh, because they were focused on um, their operating room nurses. And so obviously all the operating rooms were shut down for some time Yeah, uh, with, with uh, surgeries and procedures being put on hold. And so they had this incredibly talented population and then they had this need for COVID care. 
on, on the front lines. And so there was this redeployment, cross-training, classic cross-training need, and it needed to happen really, really fast. Um, so within a handful of days, uh, the organization um, created uh, the learning experience, learning pathways for, for cross-training that was required for these, these nurses and, and deployed it. It was within 11 days. And within the first month, um, they had uh, something like 3,600 nurses go through the program uh, and, and can engage with over 120,000 um, pieces of content. Um, so it was, you know, it definitely met the need for them. And, and I would say, uh, so we felt great about that, honestly. Yeah. Internally, felt like we were making a direct contribution, you know, brought purpose, brought meaning to the work right. of our people. And it really gave us kind of a, esprit de corps and like a, uh, something to rally around uh, for, for the for the uh, for the company uh, so it was a great experience and, and um, we, we, uh, we feel like we made a contribution one of the things that uh, I've been noticing it, it's kind of a glass half full um, during this transformation uh, at all levels is that the basic utility of working remotely, is pretty much solid state. I mean, you know, you do have some some jaggy Zoom meetings occasionally, right? Or something might drop off once in a while. But as I watch my my kids do their remote learning and me do my remote my remote working, um, it is all kind of working, right? I mean, is that an experience that you you found? I mean, for so many years that you'd have blue screens of death and uh, you know low bandwidth issues. Um, that doesn't seem to be too much of an issue. No, I, I think I agree. I agree. It's um, sometimes I think there's been a surprise in how smoothly things have gone. And I think you see what you do see right now. Uh, it seems like every day we have a new tech CEO coming out saying, hey, we're going to work from home forever. Uh, Facebook, <laughs> yeah. Twitter. <laughs> so, so something's working. And, and then some of you, you kind of peel back the onion on that. You hear like I think they were surprised because these are tech companies, our cultures that that uh, obsess on on working together, having teams together, working on, on products together in, in person. And they've set up- Absolutely. They've yeah. set up their organizations to incent that. But now they're like, with this massive experiment, they're realizing like, wow, this actually worked. This actually worked really well. Right? <laughs> so, uh, and one of the things like Facebook I noticed is uh, they're, they're, they're allowing people to work from anywhere, but they're also gonna um, not pay the premiums of Silicon Valley, um, a salary, <laughs> right. You know, so, right? So there's some there's some benefits for them there yeah. too. Yeah, I mean they're definitely not doing this out of the goodness of their hearts <laughs> for their employees necessarily. There is a there is a bottom line involved with it, right? Yeah. But but it is true. I mean that those you think about those campuses are pretty much theme parks, um, where there was an incentive for for people to go and to uh, to mix together. But um, again, just something else that's going to be a, a massive transformation. How do you see uh, these transformations um, in the context of Intrepid and the work that you do? Um, will that be changing? I think uh, in terms of, of to our work with our employees, we, you know, we were fortunate that uh, we already had uh, a strong work from home culture. And I would double click on that by saying that it's a remote culture. Uh, we have a lot of employees who are in places that are not in Seattle or uh, not in um, our parent company's um, offices in you know, North Carolina or Tennessee, 
So we already had kind of a built-in, this wasn't a hard transition for us. We were kind of very ready for that. Yeah. Um, in terms of how we support our customers, you know, I think we, we were, we were ready for this and, and uh, quite honestly, the context shift has just made um, us increasingly relevant and urgent for our customers, our partner and our partners. So we have seen uh, great engagement with our customers, um, very strategic initiatives being launched on our, on our platform. Uh, because you know they they need to do something. They obviously can't get together in person. They need to do some things differently. So, uh, from the customer perspective, um, it, uh, it it's been a um, we, we're we're pleased to have been able to help in this in these trying times. Yeah. Now I, I come from the uh, K twelve space, so I've been covering uh, education technology from that level for for quite a while, and have been writing about how someday blended learning, someday distance learning would become, you know, part of the day-to-day learning of every student. And it was always something that was in the future. Uh, As I start to learn more and more about the professional learning community, it seems that uh, in that space, there are a lot of tools and techniques um, that have been in place for a while. So, I mean, Intrepid's been around since 2013. Can you think... um, of things in the prof- professional learning space that may be applied as the K-12 school districts and the institutions of higher learning try to, you know, get this right? Yeah, I mean, what I, I, I'm a father of a 12-year-old daughter and an 8-year-old son, and um, uh, to, to uh, to protect third parties, I won't name where they go to school, but uh, <laughs> but let's just put it this way: it's been a tale of two cities in terms of what their experiences have been. One's at a my daughter's at a, a private school. Um, they had Google, Google Classroom infrastructure in place, and um, you know it's gone off. I wouldn't say without a hitch, but it's gone off very very smoothly. My son's at a, a public school, and um, it's been challenging. It's been challenging, so I've, I've yeah. kind of seen that firsthand, and I do reflect on you know what we provide um, the, the corporate market. I think the um, the concepts that we help with, and I think I'd like to see happen um, in the uh, in the we'll say in the K twelve space because um, there's so much opportunity. <laughs> right, it, it is the, is the concept of. Um, providing uh, digital learning paths and journeys and a longer term context than simply, um, you know, what's equivalent of a wiki with some assignments and documents slapped on it. Um, Yeah, that's kind of what I'm seeing with with platforms uh, that that I've been exposed to. Uh, The the virtue, the synchronous platforms are are, are pretty good, you know, Zoom teams. but again, it's I think this the challenge that we see perennially uh, in corporate. I'm not an expert on K-12. Um, is is the we we think of it as the MacGyver challenge. Like hmm. there are these disparate platforms. Like we just mentioned, Zoom, Teams, um, uh, platforms that you get your assignments on. Uh, your in the corporate world, your LMS, uh, your your Slack, you know, channel, whatever. So the challenge is how do you stitch that together in a really elegant way that doesn't leave 
the learner um, juggling passwords, trying to you know remember how to get what what is where and make that an elegant learning journey that happens over time. So they can engage with their peers, they know where they're at in their journey, um, they can uh, you know watch their videos, they they can contribute synchronously or asynchronously. It doesn't mean all those need to be on the same platform, but it does yeah. mean that you need to have thoughtfully designed, that's the keyword, designed, yeah. <laughs> and, and then and have some level of integration that makes that easy. And I think that's the future that we're moving towards. That's what we see in terms of a digital blend. It's taking mm. the best of those and not overusing one uh, tool because it's you've got this great freaking hammer and you wanna use it wherever you can. It's it's saying what's 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 the um, what are the best tools for the job, and, and how do I hang my tool belt together so that I can use them you know with relative ease. Right, right. From from your experience in, with the corporate, the, the professional learning space, uh, when courses are being put together, I'll I'll make a an ignorant assumption here that. Because the ones I've been in, like you know, sexual harassment training, maybe an onboarding class, you know, it's something that you do over a number of hours, and then you're you're pretty much through it. Um, with these experiences right here, and with the experiences in those other spaces, you could be you're talking about weeks long semesters. Yeah. Is there, is there a difference between those two? And do you see because things are going now to be primarily remote that there may be some changing designs in the corporate space. Yeah, I think there is a an uh, in, in increasing sophistication um, of this. I, I, we're definitely not there yet, but there's you know look there's there's absolutely a place for asynchronous learning, like for for compliance use cases where you just need knowledge transfer. You need to you know take a quiz and, and, and show that you've done it. And that, that's a that's a huge part of the corporate training space. And, and, and we, we don't want to forget that. Like there is just compliant, regulatory compliance is always going to be a driver and it's going to be super important. Um, but then when we get into, you know, real skill building and um, uh, connecting learning with, you know, strategic initiatives in a business and collaborating with peers, things get a lot more uh, nuanced and, and, and complex. And we see that's where these learning journeys come in over time. So f I'll give you a quick example. Um, we work with Microsoft and as they were going through their transformation to the cloud, pretty important strategy for them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, they, they needed to really transform the skills of their sales force. And so mm -hmm. what they identified was, hey, like, our salespeople are used to talking speeds and feeds with a technical buyer, but now we need to put them in front of a CEO or a head of marketing or head of sales. That's a mm -hmm. different conversation, right? And so right. this meant like transformation. And so what they identified was these, you know, these deep skills need to be developed. They needed high quality content, but they didn't just need content distribution. Like they needed it to be contextualized to the Microsoft situation. They needed Microsoft sellers to apply these skills to their accounts and really, you know, get into doing the work, um, connecting the learning to the work. And so uh, we worked with them to, and we, we partnered with some of the world's top business schools, created a series of programs like business strategy and financial acumen, negotiating with the C-suite, tailored those to the Microsoft context, had, you know, world-class professors who were, who were delivering the content by video, but then everything was 
ruthlessly relevant and focused on on application you know, to, to their accounts. Um, so that, and those journeys would take anywhere you know, from six to eight weeks. So yeah, those things happen over time in a cohort with a focus on application and connecting uh, with your peers, which is you know, light years difference than, than an asynchronous compliance course. Not that there's anything bad with an asynchronous compliance course. It's just a very right. different corporate use case. Right. And how about in the past when you would look at things like that? I mean, that was a blended situation, right? Because they did do have in-person meetings as well, or was that all uh, virtual? That was all uh, virtual. Think of it like a MOOC, like it was a okay. like, like a like a you know thousands of learners traveling through an experience. But what's what we're seeing evolve is this this concept of the, of the digital blend, where you you have synchronous moments. So you think of like what are rather than delivering everything on a virtual classroom, like what are those highest, best uses of a synchronous live moment with an expert? Well, probably things like coaching or office hours or discussions around thorny problems rather than broadcasting content, right? So that's yeah. where we see uh, our, our customers. Uh, that's how, that's how, what they're doing now. They're, they're blending the, the cohort um, uh, semi-synchronous time-bound learning with these synchronous moments. And that's where the real power comes in. That's what we get super excited about is like using the best of different modalities and coming up with like a really elegant learning journey. And so with that, um, one more question. As you can see the name of the podcast, I'm, I'm desperately trying to keep things uh, glass half full uh, because and with each of these conversations, I do come out uh, feeling better about things and, and looking towards the future. And thanks, Sam, this, this was no, um, there was no different there. Uh, I do feel uh, that there are some some positives that are, that are coming out of this. But where do you see, like, give us give us the best case scenario uh, in in five years uh, with, and and you can speculate, even though you're, uh, I mean, you have beta testers at home. You can you can speculate on the future of education technology at the K twelve space. Uh, what 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 would your best case scenarios be in terms of a digital blend for? for students, for college kids, and then for, um, you know, workers? Uh, that's a great question. Um, well, look, there's nowhere, nowhere to go but up from here. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I can speak to that as a, as a parent. Um, so I, I, think, I think there's, there's uh, amazing opportunities for, um, for the, these modalities to, to stay uh, connected um, to for for collaborative technologies for uh, delivery learning delivery technologies for live online learning technologies to, to begin to get um, blended together in a simpler way and and simpler is, is just so key that that they there are full suites developed um, that integrations are developed we've seen we've seen how zoom has been so successful because it's you know one click and you're and you're in yep. and you're moving right so yep. so that's that's where where we where we need uh, where we need to go, I think it's gonna um, it's gonna take some time uh, to get there in in the in the K to twelve um, world. But I mean, there's just amazing um, possibilities that that I think this time is is raising some important questions. Um, you know, do do we need lecture halls with a thousand people in them? What what is the what is what's what? Uh, how is that serving the learner? Right? Um, yeah. And uh, you know, could could those be you know, video recorded and, and then use 
use a combination of, of blended learning journeys and, and synchronous moments to connect with TAs and experts in, in the higher ed world. And in the corporate world, um, I just think that uh, it's going to be a continued evolution um, to, to, br to bring the right modalities um, to, to the learner at, 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 the right, at the right point. And, um, you know, I think it all, it all starts with design. It all starts with the learner. It all starts, you know, whoever that is, if it's a student or, or an adult in, in the workplace and, uh, and having the right learning experience for them at the right time. Easier said than done, but I think we're, I think we're making, I think this situation that we're in right now is just fast forwarding what was already happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's a propulsion of um, what was probably more of an evolution, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Sam, thanks again for your time. Really appreciate it. And uh, thanks to all you who are listening out there. And I hope you find yourselves listening to another episode coming up of Remote Possibilities. Thanks again. Thanks, Kevin.